Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. listening to fangirl sports network's fangirl playbook on blue wire pods i am your host tracy sandler joined as always by my co-host stephanie mccarroll today we welcome bleacher reports ian kenyon to talk all things nfl week three where will jalen ramsey end up how alarmed should the philadelphia eagles be how hot are those green bay packers and those dallas cowboys we preview both of their matchups this weekend. We talk Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and basically everything in between. So if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review for a chance to win Fangirl merchandise. Just screenshot your review in your Instagram story and tag at Fangirl Sports Network, hashtag Fangirl Playbook. Now, let's get to it. Ian, Seth, so much to talk about in week three. Let's start with Jalen Ramsey, who essentially called in sick um, to practice. (laughs) And it it reminds me a lot of being in school and having a test and then magically calling in sick as if anyone's going to believe that you're actually sick, though maybe he is. That may be unfair of me to say. I saw Steph tweeted yesterday that team doctors were with him and he was getting fluids. But drama 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 Ian what do you think is going to happen here I I'm going to surprise people and I'm going to say that I think Jalen Ramsey ends up staying with Jacksonville and ends up signing an extension this season I think he's frustrated right now but the Jaguars are one and two they play the 0-3 Broncos this weekend there's a chance they push the two and two I can't imagine he's just going to stay away as the team makes a playoff push. I think he was frustrated when they fell to 0-2. Foles was out, but now they have Minshew Mania going down over there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun in Jacksonville, and I think he's going to be missing out on it if he doesn't join the team. I actually think you're right, because also I don't think anyone's giving up two first-round picks. Maybe someone is. It's, it's, It's a lot to ask. And he's going to be on the verge of signing an extension wherever he goes. So I don't know. I don't know if the Jaguars are doing that on purpose because it's going to make it more difficult to trade him. But Steph, as the Jaguars fangirl, are you at all concerned that this drama is just going to continue week after week? Or do you think he can just get it together and play football? I think that if they got past the whole thing that he wanted to be traded, I think that was probably the most, like, hard part of the week and he ended up coming to practice and playing um, on, on Thursday night. He did well. He, you know, did his job. I think there's obvious tension there. The scuttlebutt around the whole thing is that it's not with Marone. It's not with the team per se, but it's with the GM. So, and uh, the owner has actually stepped in 
and sort of said, hey, you know, Jalen's our guy. I mean, literally 75% of the jerseys you see in Jacksonville have 20, you know? So that would be a really tough loss. And he is, you know, all pro, all everything, best corner, you know, that really plays a game. He is never hurt. He is never sick except for this week but, but, like, week. <laughs> but normally like he you can count on him and for corners they tend to be a little bit or injury prone you know but not him he plays every single game so I think they'd be remiss if they didn't figure something out there you know I think they're gonna find a contract with him and they're gonna reach an agreement and there's so like he, the weird thing about it that I thought was weird from the very first when he requested the trade and he did that whole press conference is you had two team captains there behind him, which is unusual, you know, to say, oh, yeah, I'm requesting a trade. And so it seems like everybody on the team wants him to remain. And I think that's strong push. Well, I'm sure they do want him to remain. I mean, they probably have the best corner in the league. So I would imagine they do. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But Ian, I actually agree with you. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he stays in Jacksonville. I think they figure things out. I think he signs an extension, extension sooner rather than later, and then everyone moves on. Yeah. yeah, and I think another big part of this, too, is you need to find the perfect trade partner for this deal because you're going to have to have a team that's willing to give up two first-round picks and pay them record money. And so you're going to have to find a team that's desperate, basically. If you find a team, you know, that, you know, maybe is, three and one, four and one, something like that, who just lost a marquee player on their defense and wants to make a Super Bowl run, then I could see that happening. But the Jaguars would also have to be in a position where they're out of the playoff race for them to make that type of move. So there's a lot of things that would need to happen for a Jalen Ramsey trade to happen. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think the Niners are a good candidate, though. I tweeted that, too. but I Because they're just... They just lost Witherspoon. I don't know for how long. You would know, Trace, but at least a know. month. They said so. he's out at least a month. But but to Ian's point, it is got to be the perfect situation because I don't know that the Niners are going to give up two first round picks. I don't think they're. I don't know that they're in a team in a position to do that. That being said, of course, the other side of that argument is Jalen. The Jalen Ramseys of the world don't come around that often. Oh. But I agree with you, Ian, that. Jacksonville is going to have to decide they're out of the playoff race or be out of the playoff race before I think that trade would happen. Cause I just don't see them trading him, especially they go into, they go to play the Broncos this weekend and they very well could end up being two and two. And then I don't know what their schedule's like after that, but if all of a sudden they're four and two and five and two, I don't think they want to lose Jalen Ramsey. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's obvious that, um, you know, if and I and I think the Jags have barely lost. I mean, obviously Casey's tough to beat, so that was week one. But week two, I mean, that was like a nail biter game and they lost by one point and they were trying to go for the win. They were literally centimeters away from it. So I mean, this team could have easily be, you know, two and one. And, you know, Jalen Ramsey was a big part of why Casey didn't make the whole defense looked bad. So I, you know, I think that they're definitely still in the hunt and, you know, I think they're going to try to make it work for sure. And it's not like Jalen Ramsey has been a huge distraction off the field for them either. It's not like he's pulling Antonio Brown type of stuff. He's basically just said things to the media, but he hasn't like 
broke in the, the locker room or anything like that. That's true. That's true. They came out and played a um, a real good Thursday night game. I mean, that is a game where if he was a major distraction with your rookie quarterback, they could have just lost and fallen apart, and they very much did not. So I do agree. And um, like we've said, they're about to play the Broncos, and it's a good team to play if you're a team starting to turn things around. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not looking good. I believe that they're referring to themselves as the world of suck. Not the entire <laughs> team, but that is not not that is maybe not what you want to think when you get up in the I know when I get up in the morning and go to work at Fangirl Sports Network, I don't think I'm heading to my world of suck. <laughs> I don't think that's the number one thing to think about. Um, so when you're self-proclaimed world of suck, uh, but we'll talk more about the Broncos uh, in a minute. I want to switch gears and move over to the New York Giants, who had a really good day and a really bad day on Sunday. The Daniel Jones era has begun. He played great, looking like the fourth Manning brother, the fourth Manning um, that we all like to, everybody likes to tease about. But then they had a very bad day in that Saquon Barkley is out four to eight weeks, and that's going to be tough. But let's start with Daniel Jones. Ian, were you at all surprised, or did you expect him to play that well? Oh, I was extremely surprised. I was one of his detractors to the draft process. I had him like as a late first, early second type player. I did not think he belonged in the top 10, and he looked terrific. But uh, I would say that people should temper their expectations. It was one game. They still have a weak wide receiver group. There's going to be growing pains. It was a phenomenal first start, but there's a lot to go here. Well, and losing Saquon is also going to be obviously a big loss to that offense and will affect uh, Daniel Jones because when you have Saquon Barkley as your running back, right. it can make up for a lot. Um, it Granted, didn't necessarily last season, but it, it can make up for a lot. So I think you're probably safe to stay temporary expectations. But I would say for Giants fans, at least I think they feel like there's a future there and they can see a light at the end of the tunnel because it's been some dark days in the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the first sign of excitement for them for a long time. It's nice to see a changing of the guard, and he's unquestionably better than Eli right now. So good for them. And I also think what's nice to see, and this is a kind of thing I always think is nice to see, but the way Eli Manning is handling it, you know, it's not a temper tantrum. It's not being difficult. He seems to at least outwardly be handling it with a lot of class seems to be helpful all team and and I do appreciate that about Eli yeah and I grew up a Green Bay fan and I had to watch you know the how Brett Favre handled the Aaron Rodgers situation and oh. Eli could have definitely you know requested a trade or you know gone to the media and stuff and he's handled it all class so yeah I appreciate that I definitely I like seeing that. Oh gosh, those Brad Favre and Roger, those that must have been <laughs> as a fan, that must have just been rough stuff. It was torturous. <laughs> Though funny, I saw Aaron Rodgers posted a picture with Brett Favre last week and I was like, Well that's nice. It looks like maybe everybody has kissed and made up. At least for the camera. <laughs> um, that was torturous. And then he went to the Vikings. Oh, what a mess. Can I ask oh, yeah. you a question about that? Actually, totally not related to what happened in week three, but I have a question about that. Are you a Packers fan yeah. that has disdain for Brett Favre because he pulled all that and then went to the Vikings, or do you still love him and you've moved on? 
I very much had to stand for him back in like 2010. I was also like in my college years and didn't work in media. And now I would say that I've gotten over it. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And he provided like a decade plus of memories for me. So I'm over it. I think most Packer fans are over it at this point. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I think that's, that's good. But it, you know, it is, it does bring up an interesting point in that you have an idol or a person that, you know, was your team's greatest player who was your hero. And then the way you leave a situation can change all that, which also listeners is really good life advice. Don't burn bridges. Act <laughs> <laughs> <Back in class. laughs> It's good life advice for football teams and for life. Um, All right, so we have eight undefeated teams in the NFL right now. Who do we think will be the first to lose? Because a couple of those teams, namely the Lions and the Bills, are pretty big surprises. Um, I think you could potentially say the 49ers are a surprise, but not nearly as big a surprise. I think, I don't know who's going to be the first to lose. I'm going to make you guys go first. I think the I'm going to say Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to say Buffalo. I mean, I think both the Buffalo Bills and the Lions will both lose. Like, they're just not as good as they've played this so far, and they're playing the two best teams in the AFC. Yeah, so they're probably. Well, yeah, oh, my gosh, I forgot the Bills are playing the Patriots on Sunday. Yeah, that's a loss. That's forget it. The, <laughs> yeah. the Patriots may not lose another game between now and the end of time. So uh, that's definitely that's definitely a loss. Um, let's talk yeah, a little bit about the Lions. Play, what, what were you saying, Ian? The Lions play the Chiefs. It, oh Mahomes yeah. Might go for four yards, yeah. Five hundred yards. That's great because he's my fantasy quarterback, and you guys <laughs> did not ask, but I will tell you that my team did not have a good week three, and I need a bounce back week four. So Mahomes was not the problem, but playing the Lions should help me out a lot. I also have Sammy Watkins, so if you guys are listening, really would appreciate the touchdowns. Thanks. Um, we did a post yesterday on Fangirl Sports Network, like no one, and then, you know, me, a lot of you have been asking about my fantasy football team, which I just think is so true. Ian, do you play fantasy football? I do. I have 11 teams. 11 teams? <laughs> yeah. It uh, consumes my Sunday mornings. Just your Sunday mornings? I would imagine it consumes your life. Yeah. Well, six six of them are dynasty leagues, so thankfully I don't have to handle 11 drafts in September so or August. If you are ever an NFL GM, you will have had excellent practice. <laughs> that, is that, that is true. Steph, do you play fantasy? I actually don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I do. I um, I always play within the you know whoever, but I I'm hit or miss. Like I'll I'll, I'll do one, but then sometimes I'll do four. You know what I mean? But I like fantasy because it keeps me like involved and I know who's who and you know I like it and it makes it a little bit more fun. It, as well as you know, I'm a 49ers fan. <laughs> like real life, the last few years have been pretty rough, and then the Jags. I was so excited because I got to cover them and they've totally done a downward spiral. So it makes it a little bit more fun. That's true. Though I do think as, as discussed, the Jags are looking up. Let's talk. We didn't really talk too much about Minshew mania. 
But I think I would like a Jags fan's perspective on that stuff. I mean, does it just provide it, – it's actually kind of an interesting thing because you have, on the one hand, this Minshew mania with this quarterback with the flair and the personality, and on the other hand, you have the star corner requesting a trade. So it's kind of a funny situation that's going on there right now. Yeah, 100%. And I think, um, you know, Gardner Minshew is definitely um, – He's holding the locker room together. I mean, he's hilarious. He was the same way at Washington State. And I actually ordered my mustaches and I got them in the mail today. I'm excited. I'm totally about it. He dances in the locker room. And, you know, who doesn't like a guy like that? And the fans, of course, have, you know, carried on what was happening at Washington. And, you know, he's he's having some really great games. And, and, and he doesn't have any star receivers. I mean, you have, like, DJ Chark. You know, you have, like, decent, but it's, you know, I know Shaughnessy is a tight end, but you have no really big name. That was on offense that I was like, when are they going to get somebody? Yes, they have Leonard Fournette, but even he hasn't really been producing like he did his, you know, rookie year. So he's able to get that ball down the field in less than two minutes and, like, it's it's exciting and it's fun and I think winning changes everything. It when you have a disgruntled player, winning changes it. That's true. That's true. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, when you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Looking ahead to week four, we have the Eagles going to Green Bay to play the Packers. Ian, how much trouble are the Eagles in? I mean, aside from the fact that they're going to play the Packers, but generally, how much trouble are the Eagles in? I think they're in a lot of trouble. I mean, all these injuries are really catching up to them. They're without Deshaun Jackson for Thursday. They're a four and a half point underdog going into that game. I think they're going to lose. Uh, Green Bay has been on a roll. The Packers defense has just been lights out. And with all these injuries piling up for the Eagles, I can't imagine them scoring more than, you know, 17, 20 points. They're going to have to score more than that. So it, if they lose this game too, they fall way behind the Cowboys in the NFC East. So it's a do or die game for them. I agree. It is a do or die game for them. And you brought up the Packers defense, which I – think was has been a pretty big surprise to everybody, but they have been playing lights out. They have just been fantastic. Yeah, their schemes, their yeah. reads, everything. That's just amazing. And even, 
I mean, it's it's awesome to see because Packers have always been like the offense first, you know. So it's awesome to see the Packers with the defense, and that can be deadly. Oh yeah, you take yeah, a strong defense and Aaron Rodgers for mm-hmm. sure. Ian, sorry, go ahead. All good. Yeah. Well, they uh, put all these resources into the defense after Brian Gutekunst took over. You know, they um, drafted Jair Alexander, Kevin King. Uh, they signed Adrian Amos, the press, uh, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, and then drafted Darnell Savage to go along with it. And all of those additions have been huge. They went from being like a net negative with Clay Matthews and uh, Nick Perry, Tyler Fackrell, all those guys, to having one of the best pass rushing duos in the league. So all of that has come together this year, and they've been a force. And new head coach has obviously made a world of difference on that team. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah, I I like to see a good Packers team. I think a good Packers team is good for the NFL. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah, it's really good for football. Aaron Rodgers is great to watch. And so I do enjoy seeing a good Packers team. I don't need to see those throwback uniforms ever again, as long as I live. (laughs) That that I don't feel like I ever need to see. Um, They weren't that bad, Tracy. They weren't that bad. I, I am going to disagree with you respectfully and so respectfully false. disagree with you. Those were terrible. <laughs> I think the Steelers ones were the worst. I am well, sorry. Yes. They look like bumblebees out there. They look whatever. like bumblebees. Also, as long as you bring up the Steelers, talk about a team that's in trouble. Um, by the way, I will say this. The Minka Fitzpatrick edition was fantastic. He is oh, yeah. a heck of a player. It's actually kind of funny. Not Maybe not funny. haha, But – funny a different kind of funny and he wanted out of Miami and obviously the Steelers are going to have a, a better season than the Dolphins but they're owing three too <laughs> he's yeah. like get me out of here uh but the Steelers are owing three two and the Steelers did not look good on I mean they haven't looked good since week one even with Big Ben um they did not look good they Lost the 49ers team, and we, we can certainly talk about the 49ers. It's one of my more favorite subjects. But they did lose to a team that committed five turnovers. It's a very rare thing in the NFL that you can commit five turnovers and still win the game. I don't know that they would have been able to do that with Big Ben. But then, you know, Ian, I'd love your feelings on that because Ben Roethlisberger did not exactly look great those first two games. No, he didn't. And, you know, he's having this elbow surgery. I don't know how good he's going to be moving forward. They are putting a lot of trust in Mason Rudolph by trading away that first round pick. I think it could really bite them in the long run too. Like I, I'm a big fan of Mika Fitzpatrick. I think he's worth, you know, a top 15 pick top 10 pick. If they, if that's what they end up giving away for him, but they need a quarterback in there. And if Mason Rudolph isn't the guy, I don't know if, 38-year-old Ben Roethlisberger coming off elbow surgery is either. Oh, I don't think he is at all. <laughs> I don't yeah. even think he's like... What's the problem? I mean, he looked awful. Even before the injury, he really looked awful, and I know we don't want to overreact to early in the season, but he didn't look good. Like you said, he's 38 years old. He's coming off um, elbow surgery. Um, it's, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. He's not... He's not aging in his play in the same way that Tom Brady and Drew Brees are. I'm going to put it that way. That's my politically nice way to say that. 
<laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think he's. As you get yeah. older, as you get older, it's really hard. It's just harder. You know, it's just harder to bounce back. I mean, that's just, you know, the law, of, you know, the way it is. But like you said, there are some that have handled it, you know, and I, I, I actually think Tom Brady's a vampire. I don't think he's a real human being. So, but other than that, like, it's really hard to do, you know, so who knows? Is Tom Brady a vampire, a thread? <laughs> you, you might be right. He may not be a real human. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it really is. The thing with Brady and Peyton, too, though, as they aged is they didn't take a lot of hits. They had a lot of, like, short passing games that were predicated on getting the ball out quickly. They didn't absorb a lot of hits to their career. But Big Ben's entire career has been predicated on, you know, taking big hits, standing in there, throwing through contact, all of that stuff, being the, you know, 6'4", 250-pound quarterback. I, you just can't do that when you're 40 years old. Yeah, that's true. That is a very, very good point. I would, I would agree with that. See, Ian, that's why we have you on here. Analysis. We need the extra. We need the other, the, the other side of that and the thought and the analysis. A lot of people I know use Harry's razors. If you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Why try Harry's? Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with the Harry's trial set. It comes with weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of my show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support the show. Jimmy G took a lot of hits on Sunday. I mean, a lot. 49er fans should feel fine about his ACL. He got beat up uh, pretty well. Richard Sherman said that he thinks Jimmy likes getting hit because it wakes him up a little bit. And I asked him about that in the press conference, and he laughed. And he said, yeah, he's heard that before, but more that it's football, and so he's prepared to get hit. I don't know that anyone really wants to get tackled by a 300-pound man to wake up, but that's just myself. Um, That just sounds very painful. Um, like if I would not want to it to sack me, but that's just me, but he did, he got beat up pretty well the other day. And I think the encouraging thing is he kept getting up and he was fine. And I think the other encouraging thing was he made a couple of really good passes while getting hit. Um, and in the first couple of weeks we've seen, we hadn't necessarily seen that. So I think for 49ers fans, that's something uh, to be excited about. And I think generally for 49ers fans, the 49ers are, a team to be excited about. I mean, this team is three and zero on their bye week. They will come home and play the Browns on Monday night football, which I think is a very winnable game um, for obvious reasons. And, uh, and not that the Browns have been as awful as they were week one, but I still think that's a winnable game, you know, at home on Monday night coming off a bye. They'll come to LA to play the Rams. Don't know that that is 
necessarily a winnable game, but then they go to D.C. to play the team in Washington. So this 49ers team could very well be 5-1 and one before you know it. Yeah, I would not to rain on the parade, but they uh, really haven't beaten anybody yet either. No, they haven't. Um, but I, but I guess, but they also don't. But I, I guess what I'm saying is they don't have their tougher opponents are coming later, other than the Rams. So, so these are the games that they should be winning. Which these is are the games they should be winning. And in in years yeah. past, I think I think what's what's exciting for Four Hours fans is in years past, these are games they should have been winning and should and didn't win. Um, oh yeah. So, so I think I think that is a positive. But yes, yeah, so I think you're right. They haven't. The schedule is going to get a lot harder the second half of the season. But if they can win these games that they should win, it will set them up to I think compete for a playoff spot. If not, definitely get a wild card spot as the season goes on. Yeah, I think they're they're definitely in the wild card. And with Seattle losing, I mean, it really was a leg up. And I thought Seattle should have handled that game. And they didn't. The Rams are tough, though. I mean, the Rams are the Rams, so that will be interesting. So it's a tough division. It is a tough division, and of course, Seattle always creates problems for the 49ers, but I don't want to be a pessimist, but I would look at the both Rams games as probably losses, uh, and I think they'll win at least one Seattle game, so they'll have that going for them. But, you know, the Seahawks are not the Seahawks they were. They, they lost the other night. They did barely beat the Bengals a couple weeks ago, and then we just saw the 49ers manhandle the Bengals. So it's going to be right. kind of interesting to see how that plays out with the Seahawks as the season goes on. Of course, it's the Seahawks, and you can never count them out because they always seem to find a way late in the season. But um, I think we'll see. And then, Ian, you said – I think you had something to say on the 49ers and that potential wild card spot, which is months away, of course. But Yeah, I was just going to say that I think we're going to find out how good this team is in their next game against the Browns. The Browns haven't been great so far, but they are a much more talented team than anyone they've played so far this year. If they can win that game and push to 4-0, they have a really good shot. I agree with that. I think that's going to be a really important game. And it'll be interesting to see because these early buys, you know, the 49ers are a little bit banged yeah. up, not a lot, but a little banged up. So the, the early buy in some ways will be – Great. I mean, they're not going to get Staley back. They won't have Witherspoon back yet, but it'll be great. But in other ways, the early buy is very early. And when you have momentum and you are winning games and you're 3-0, it may be better. I mean, there's nothing they could do about it, but it actually might be better for a team to keep on playing for a while and not kind of have this stop here three weeks in the season. So it'll be interesting to see how the bye week affects them, whether it be positively or negatively. Yeah, I think it's definitely positive for them at this point, you know, because of the bang, you know, they're a little banged up, you know. So I think obviously for health reasons and, you know, that their corner situation's a little shaky. It, I mean, Moore, like, got beat out there and uh, it was, I don't know, it was bad. I mean, pretty bad. So I think they can at least maybe figure out what they're going to do on that end, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. So we'll talk a little Monday Night Football, and then I want to preview uh, the Cowboys-Saints game. I think that might be, along with the Philly-Green Bay game that we talked about, one of the more marquee matchups of this coming weekend. Uh, obviously, the Bears, you know, stomped on the team from Washington, and <laughs> it was – I know that they started to make a little bit of a comeback, but not really. Steph tweeted, I've been hard on Mitchell Trubisky, and would I change my tune today? I would say – I won't change my tune. Here's the thing that I keep saying about Trubisky. 
and maybe I haven't said on the podcast, but I'm going to say it now. Um, what I say about Trubisky is he has the potential. He shows flashes. He's just inconsistent. So I think he did have a good game last night, but I do think it's very different when you are playing Washington and you have that defense who is creating turnovers and also putting you in good field position. Tyler Gabriel had like the game of his life. So I think Trubisky has a lot of potential. I just don't think the Bears have seen the consistency they would want to see from him, especially at this point. He is, I believe, going into year three. Ian, is that that's correct, right? It's year yeah. three? Yeah, yeah so, year three. So I would think at this point you'd want to see consistency. Now, last night also could have been the kind of game that gave him a lot of confidence and, and really turns around. But I think the big issue with him is consistency. And you can have – I think I have said this before in the pod. You can have in a single drive the full Trubisky experience in which he runs for 15 yards, he completes the beautiful pass, uh, and then he throws to God knows who, and then an interception ends the drive. And then so I think you – so, you know, I think that's kind of what happens with Trubisky. Ian, I would love to hear your thoughts on that because Steph and I have talked about it a lot. Yeah, so I think Trubisky played one of his better games of his career last night, and that was – due in part to the coaching from Matt Nagy, who made it about as easy as possible. On Trubisky yesterday, it was a lot of, lot of short throws, a lot of space plays. Um, he made one excellent throw to um, Taylor Gabriel for that touchdown. But other than that, it was a lot of simple stuff, and that's what worries me about Trubisky long-term. So there's two ways to look at it. You know, he's building his confidence looking good, they can win games. But as far as being like a franchise guy and someone you want to build around, I don't know if you can build a Super Bowl contender that way. Um, he's so limited in what he can do and what he does well. I just don't see it from him as far as being like a future franchise guy. But in the short term, they can win games by just limiting his mistakes and getting him some short passes. I apologize to Taylor Gabriel, who I referred to as Tyler, and I'm not sure why I did that, but sorry, Taylor, <laughs> my bad. Um, but I agree with you, Ian, like, wholeheartedly. I just don't think he's the franchise guy. I don't know that he's the guy that's going to take you to a Super Bowl, but, you know, we'll see. He had some dimes. He did. He had some. Just, just like that lack of consistency. And he's in the NFC, which is – Brings me to that marquee matchup I talked about before we do fangirl says uh, Cowboys and Saints Sunday night football. That should be a really good game would be a better game if uh, Drew Brees was playing quarterback, but I think that should be a really good game and these Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they're going to be tough for anyone in the NFC to beat if they continue playing at the level they're playing at. Oh yeah. They're like right now. I think I would probably rank them like number one. I mean, they're so good, and their their defense is on point. Dak is looking really, you know, great. I mean, he's not perfect, but he's looking really good. I'm, and I hate the Cowboys, but I still like have a lot of respect for what they're doing out there. And of course, Zeke is there. It's just, it's a powerhouse. Yeah, the Cowboys are dynamic right now. I can't imagine picking against them right now, especially with the Saints without Drew Brees. I know it's in New Orleans, but Dallas is a juggernaut right now they I could see them winning this by even like 10 to 14 points oh I agree I think it's <laughs> I think it's going to be a big 
game from the Cow- for the Cowboys on the national stage, not to over-dramatize it. But I do think uh, it is going to be a very big matchup and potentially a preview of um, an NFC Championship game. They obviously can't take out the Rams, but I, I think those Dallas Cowboys are really just going to be tough for anyone to beat. So we are coming to a point in our show, Ian. We do a little segment called Fangirl Says Who's Hot and Who's Not, uh, where Steph and I will each pick our hot and not of the week. Ian, would you like to participate? Sure. (laughs) All right. Well, since you're our guest, we'll let you go first. Who's hot and who's not? He might need us to go first. Oh, I just like. (laughs) You just pick. You just get to pick. You can be a team, you can be a player. You just get to pick. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's hot or not? Oh, I. Stop. You guys play. <laughs> I'm good. Good. I don't we'll see. go first, and then we'll, we'll come back to you. We'll let, so I'm an, I'll, I'll start. Uh, my fangirl says, "Who's hot is the Green Bay defense." I would say hmm. is hot, and who's not are the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. Okay, so I'm definitely going with Cowboys as a team. They are the hottest team out there, like we already discussed. Who is not is definitely um, the Browns' fourth and nine call. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot believe they called that and ran the ball on fourth and nine. That's not totally fair. All right, Ian, do you want to give it another shot? (laughs) Yep, I'd say Daniel Jones is hot right now. Everything is doing is turning to gold and who's not is Tyler Murray who has really struggled despite some of the gaudy numbers his uh, advanced stats are awful all right that is a good that's a good who's not Uh, Ian thank you so much for joining us today on fangirl playbook yeah absolutely thanks for having me We will talk to everyone again next week. We'll be watching those Cowboys and Saints, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers, and everyone else, of course. And we'll see if the Lions and Bills, in fact, are undefeated come next week. I think it's a very strong chance they will be. Everybody, thank you for listening to us, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, all.